Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Greetings, greetings. Welcome in the precious and the beautiful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It gives me great joy one more time to come and meet you, fellowship with you, and to share the word of the Lord with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. excited to see all of you and excited to bring the word of the lord to you we thank god for grace we thank god for his mercies we thank god for his kindness have you been enjoying the goodness of the lord this new year have you started making plans have you started making strategies have you started thinking with the lord about how god is going to expand you and your house this year. God is looking for a people in him and through him that they that he can expand himself that he can show himself through in this year. So I have been praying that 2023 will be a year of great expansion. and today will i told you last week might be the final one that we are talking about thoughts and the the mind and but today i thought let me just um share a few short things small small things and we can conclude our teaching on the kingdom of thoughts on i don't know what to call the series because we went in so many different directions <laughs> So you guys with me so far? All right. Today I want to talk to you about how to train your mind. How to train your mind. How to train your mind. Go to Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. And now dear brothers, this is apostle Paul speaking now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about these think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise i love verse 9 keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you such a controversial uh, verse eh? <laughs> maybe someday you know it's been uh, Uh, before i get off into thoughts it's been my deep desire it's a subject i have avoided for a long time but maybe the lord will allow and give us grace to talk about um spiritual fatherhood this year yeah i i want to talk about being a spiritual father and what it is to be a spiritual son sometime this year it's a subject i have 
actively avoided but it's a it's a question i get asked on a weekly basis from pastors and leaders just um some days ago i had a a, a pastor calling me very upset saying that he doesn't believe in spiritual fathering and spiritual parenting and so on and so forth and i spent three and a half hours talking to this pastor about why spiritual fathering is a biblical doctrine but let's let me take a moment here and talk to you um let's go back to this verse for a second <clears throat> now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts fix your thoughts fix i'm using the nlt version because i i enjoyed the way the word has been translated here fix your thoughts fix your thoughts which means there is a stickiness there is an ability that you and i possess to fix our thoughts to to apply glue and give it a certain stickiness to a certain uh, definite gaze a definite um, constant look to our thoughts a uh, 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 how do i explain this um, a certain continuous posture to our thoughts yeah um i want you to fix your thoughts fix your thoughts fix your thoughts which means you have the ability to control your thoughts you have the ability to fix and unfix your thoughts you have the ability to direct your thoughts you have the ability to choose what your mind is going to be fixed on what your thinking is going to be fixed on you have the ability to focus your mind on certain thoughts on certain things on certain ideas it is within your control ah we thank god we thank god i was explaining to somebody yesterday that i have the joy of leading some very very spiritually intelligent people we may be small in number but we are not small in character we are not small in our capacity we are not small in our intelligence and it's my joy to be leading you and <clears throat> i just felt like saying that um so you and i have the ability to fix our thoughts we have the ability to give direction to our thoughts thoughts don't lead us i mean let me say it like this thoughts don't have to lead you you can lead your thoughts one more time you don't have to be led by your thoughts you can lead your thoughts have you guys does anybody here have a have a dog as a pet like uh, I mean some people find it uh, very offensive nowadays to call dog a pet uh, they want to call it a family member but 
whatever you know <laughs> whatever makes you happy um uh i want to ask you do you does anybody here have a dog as a pet now i went uh, some time ago i was observing uh, how these um dog walkers were taking their dogs for walk here and i noticed that some dogs were following the master some dogs were following the walker and others were following the dog all right uh, it was a very uh, fascinating uh, uh, thing for me to observe that how certain dogs were literally dragging their walker in a direction if it was a big dog it had a lot of strength but i even saw small dogs who are not strong who are not big who don't have that much strength even they were being stubborn and trying to pull their dog walker in a direction and then i saw other dogs who even though they were strong even though they were they had strength uh, and they could probably be drawn to go in a certain direction they refused to go unless they saw their dog walker go in that direction okay and i it's at that moment i realized wait that's how my thought life is if i don't train my thought life i'm going to be like this dog walker who's being dragged by this dog in one direction even though i don't want to go in that direction i am now being pulled shakarantelemose i am now being pulled by this animal because the animal has picked up a scent the animal has picked up um uh, uh i i don't know what it picked up you know the the animal has seen something or the animal has heard something the animal has picked up a scent so it wants to go in that direction now if i don't train this thought life if i don't train my dog i am going to be a slave to the scent to the feelings to the to the to the to the whims to the sight to whatever my thoughts are being drawn to i'm going to be pulled but if i choose to train my thought life if i choose to train my mind then my mind doesn't wander my mind goes where i want it to go that's the different that's the difference that is the difference okay now um depending on how mature how capable your mind is that just amplifies the strength your mind has oh god help us it is one thing for the mind of a soldier to wander and it's completely another thing for the mind of a king like david to wander now david was an anointed man he has been walking in the anointing for a long time he has the sophistication of leading an army he has the anointing to kill giants and he is a worship leader and he knows how to sing songs he knows how to write songs and he is a prophet and he hears from the lord and yet 
when he looked outside the window and he saw a woman bathing his mind was hijacked his mind was drawn and he begins to lust after another man's wife please listen to me carefully okay so now because this is such a powerful mind because this is such a capable mind because this is such a mind with such experiences such a variety of experiences it's not like a little puppy dog that has picked up a scent and that is running in one direction and 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 the owner of that dog can just like pull it to the side no 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 this is a highly sophisticated anointed capable mind which is now lasting after another thing a thing that is not glorifying god so now david the king david the warrior david the prophet david the worship leader david the man who is after god's own heart is being led by an untrained thought a thought that he never disciplined a thought that he never brought into captivity ah are you guys with me are you guys with me okay good because he now begins to scheme because he has the power and authority ah this is scary because many people have thoughts but they don't have power to enforce that thought they don't have the authority to enforce that thought but david has the capacity to think and enforce that thought so so he begins to scheme now begins to create a strategy of how he can sin with this girl and get away with it now it just didn't stop there that thought of adultery also made him a murderer it all started with one thought that he did not discipline one thought that he did not train so child of god stay with me today please please stay with me if you don't train your thoughts your thoughts will train you one more time if you don't train your thoughts your thoughts will train you if you don't have dominion over your thoughts your thoughts will have dominion over you i want to show you a very very dangerous passage of scripture i'm telling you this brings the fear of god in my heart every time i read it i pray that the lord protects me from this and i pray the lord protects you from this go with me to romans chapter 1 romans chapter 1 ah lord help us romans chapter 1 go to verse 21 actually go to uh, let's start as let's start at verse 18 okay let's go to romans chapter 1 verse 18 But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. God now listen to me. Let read read this very carefully. God shows his anger in the New Testament. God shows his anger. 
from heaven against all sinful wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness so there is a wickedness that can suppress the truth okay let's continue they know the truth about god they know the truth about god because he made it obvious to them for ever since the world was created people have seen the earth and the sky through everything god made they can clearly see his invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature so they have no excuse for not knowing god was 21 yes they knew god but they wouldn't worship him as god or even give him thanks and they now pay attention to this and they began to think up foolish ideas of what god was like what did they do they began to think they began to think 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 they began to think up foolish ideas of what of what god was like as a result as a result their minds became dark and confusing eh <laughs> that's scary they began to think up foolish ideas of what god was like and as a result their minds became dark and confused so there are there are things you can think about god your world view of god how you think about god what is your perception of god how you view this god and god calls certain ways of thinking about him foolish and they began to think up foolish ideas of what god was like as a result their minds became dark and confused so these foolish ideas introduced darkness and confusion ah so ideas can produce light and clarity just like they can produce darkness and confusion so there are ideas you can think things that are foolish or they are wise and a foolish thought about god produces darkness as a result their minds became dark their minds became dull their minds became unwise and confused they ay 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 it's in your bible oh okay now let's continue claiming to be wise claiming claiming to be wise they instead became utter fools so there is a group of people who are claiming to be wise but god calls them utter fools <sighs> claiming to be wise so so there the, the can be a gentleman there can be a man there can be a woman who is claiming to be wise but god is calling their wisdom utter fools 
and instead of worshipping the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Now verse 24. And verse 24. So, so, this is the result. Because they went on worshipping the creation of their mind. And this is not just limited to idols. Any concept, any idea that replaces God, that is becoming an idol in your life. It doesn't have to be a statue of another God. While the scripture here is referring to that, but it is not limited to that. Because you can come to, to different parts of the world and you will see that they don't have physical idols. They don't have physical statues of gods and goddesses and deities, but they have ideas. My God, the statue was an idea first. The idol was an idea first. The, the, the image was an idea first. They have ideas and concepts that have become gods and idols in their life. And now what happens is when you have an idol, when you have a concept, when you have an idea that is contrary to God, that God is saying it's foolish, look at what God is doing. My gosh. Verse 24. So God abandoned them. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did wild and degrading things with each other's body. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Jump with me to verse 28 now. Verse 28. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, since you are so proud to thank God, since you are so proud to acknowledge God, since you are so proud to think about God, to, to, to be a worshipper of God, since you are so arrogant, since you have no humility, listen to this, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, He abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. The worst curse the worst punishment that God can ever give you is do what you want to do without any reservation. I'm telling you, if, if there is a worse, if, if this, listen to me carefully now. I, I think if you want to know if you have truly lost favor with God, forget losing favor with God. If God hates you in, the, in a sense, if God has abandoned you, this is how you know. He does not, there is no conviction in your heart anymore. He does not challenge your thinking anymore. The truth has no conviction on your life anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gives you up. He abandons you to your own thoughts. He abandons you to your own thinking. He lets you do whatever you want to do. That is the scariest thing that can happen to a human being. That there is no conviction. There are no checks. There is no... I pray to God that none of us will ever see such a moment 
decades before this could happen centuries before this could happen god would always convict us and bring us to the same path you see you are still enjoying the mercy of god when god comes to you and says my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways as far as heaven is higher than the earth as high as heaven is from the earth so are my thoughts that's god telling you you know what i see your thoughts i see your way of thinking but this is not my way of thinking you are still in the mercy of god you are still in the grace of god because there is still the presence of the conviction of god there is still a presence child of god the day you don't feel remorse over your sin the day you don't feel bad about sinning the day you don't feel bad about lust in your mind the day you feel you there is a thought in your mind that is no longer challenge you are aware that this is wrong you are aware that this is sinful you are aware that this does not please god and yet there is no sorrow over that thought yet there is no conviction over that thought and you are able to continuously think and think and think and maybe even enjoy that thought you have come to a very dangerous place because there is your soul is no longer fighting your sin your soul is no longer fighting your sinful thoughts you have come to a place where you are sinning in your thought has so regularly you're sinning in your thought so regularly your conscience has given up fighting with you your conscience has given up fighting with you i remember uh, growing up i'm going to touch a sensitive topic now okay i'm going to touch a sensitive topic and this is not a debate about whether a believer can consume alcohol or not no it's not about that but i saw something that made my heart sad when i was young i saw i i was friends with a group of worship leaders who were so sold out to the lord they were so on fire for god they would pray and worship 24 hours and they were they were so inspiring then they began to listen to a man of god and eventually the times they would come together and see god and worship god and pray and fast and sing were replaced with watching movies nothing wrong with watching movies and now instead of worshiping the lord there would be bottles of alcohol in their living room and then and then it doesn't matter and i went to their house one day and i was like because every time i went to these people's homes it was always because we would worship together but now my spirit was quenched because now there was a dilution the heart was not as on fire because it was not about the movie it was not even about drinking alcohol but there is now a comfort a sense of ease ah it's okay it's okay you understand it was not about wine anyways it was not about the movie anyways it's because the heart had no longer the same kind of passion child of god the minute the minute the minute okay 
let me explain something to you because i'm not speaking to you from a place that i am perfect no i god is working on me every day you know if apostle paul was here i would have joined him in saying i am the chief among sinners yeah so please i'm not i'm not speaking to you from a place that i have arrived i'm not speaking to you from a location that oh, you know what i am perfect no that's not what i'm saying but every time i fall every time i sin there is a constant war in my heart that this is not right this is not right even though i may struggle in a certain area or if there's a struggle in a certain thought it is one thing to struggle with it it's a completely another thing for you to say it's okay no 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 you being okay doesn't make wrong right you being okay doesn't make sin righteousness you don't get to decide what is sinful and what is righteousness it is god who decides what is sin and what is righteousness there are some of my sons i tell them like while you can make a biblical case for to me about drinking a little bit of wine while you can make a biblical case to me about saying you can drink and not be drunk but my instruction to you as a father is that you will not drink i told one of my young sons i said no you you're not going to do this are you guys with me so i remember telling the lord jesus christ i said god i don't like this struggle i don't like this feeling i have you know i can't believe i'm falling in this area again and again you know when will i you see the the fact that you have sorrow over your sin that in itself is proof that the spirit of god is still wrestling with you that your conscience is still wrestling with you are you guys with me please don't come to a place where god will abandon you to your own thoughts god will abandon you to your own thinking God will abandon you and let you go your own way. You know, let's not talk about sin. Let's talk about something a little more permissible but still dangerous. What if you really like somebody? Oh my god, you've fallen in love. You are head over heels in love. You are like, oh my god, this is it. I have found the perfect guy. I have found the perfect girl. I have found the perfect man. This is it. You are so absolutely in love. And yet, God comes to you and says, "Ah, but this is not the one." Son, don't get into a relationship now. Daughter, don't do this now. I will lead you in a different way or maybe your pastor or your parent is telling you who who you know are god fearing people who you know are prayerful people who who mean well for you they want you to do the will of god they're not just cultural people or people who are led by the flesh these are well meaning spirit led mature believers telling you maybe take this one slow but no you are so in love you're so stubborn to make this work God will come to you maybe once, maybe twice, maybe thrice, maybe four times. I don't know. There is no number of times. 
but the more you don't listen to god the more you don't receive information the more you choose not to respond to his voice the strength in that voice will begin to at one point god will say okay my child have your way do your thing even though it may have not been god's will but because you were so insistent you were so in love we're not talking about alcohol now we're not talking about sin we're not talking about doing unrighteous things we're talking about liking somebody i <laughs> uh, everybody's very quiet right now because nobody wants to say anything everybody's quiet you're like <laughs> what happens then it's not a sin to marry a man or a woman you love is it no it's not a sin it is within the biblical boundary there only there's only two explicit there's only two explicit requirements for a biblical marriage that one <laughs> right one is that he or she is a born again believer that's what the scripture says do not be unequally yoked and second that the person you're marrying if you're a man the person is a woman and if you're a woman the other person you're marrying is a man so it's opposite gender right there's only those explicit boundaries or explicit requirement in scripture so technically you're not doing something wrong you're you're technically not sinning against god and yet without sinning against god you have disobeyed god so you i are you guys with me it happened because you were so strongly drawn to this man to this woman to this person you're going like i am in love love sees no boundaries love and love and love and love and love and ignored the promptings of god ignored i'm not saying god abandons you i know of stories when people have been stubborn have gotten married i've seen stories again and again where god redeems them but i'm trying to show you a way that there is a system where god doesn't wrestle with you again and again i'm showing you that there is a point where god gives you up to your own thinking there's a place where god says you know what it's okay go your way do your own thing god will tell you son do this business do this business i'm going to bless you in this business i'm going to lift you up in this business go ahead step out of your business uh, step out of your job and start a business he'll tell you once he'll tell you twice he'll tell you thrice maybe four five times i don't know there is a season please listen to me carefully today i i prepared completely different notes to bring to you but today the lord has hijacked my heart and this has now become a prophetic word to some of you there is a season where god will wrestle with your heart for you to do a thing there is a season where god will wrestle with your heart to 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 for you to obey a certain thing the minute that season ends god will stop talking to you about that thing the minute that god sees that you did not obey him in that season concerning that thing the grace to do that the grace to obey that has expired so god will stop talking to you about that thing ah so maybe there was a window 
of grace for you to launch a business for you to start a business for you to obey the lord and do certain things but you didn't walk into that obedience in that season so god's like no problem do your thing and suddenly now god will bring you instructions for the next season now you're thinking but wait a minute how can i follow these instructions but i did not follow the ins- ah are you guys with me in 2023 i declare to you may you never be late to follow any instructions from god in 2023 you will wholly fully obey god you will do everything the lord places on your heart every assignment will not be expired but every assignment shall be fulfilled for the glory of the lord jesus christ will be fulfilled for the goodness of the lord jesus christ but it starts with your thoughts he wrestles with your thinking he wrestles with your thoughts saying my son I, my daughter i have a plan for you i have a purpose for you now for 3 years judas walked with jesus for 3 and a half years three and a half years, saw the miracles saw the glory saw the here the teachings it was the most incredible that three and a half years was the mercy of god on the life of judas for him to realize i cannot terminate the one that's called messiah the enemy had planned this for centuries that judas will be the one and yet god picked him to grant him mercy grant him grace grant him the opportunity to not execute it <sighs> so child of god are you guys with me now can we go back to philippians 4 i want to show you something it's so beautiful i am enjoying this i i feel like i'm preaching to myself i'm going to go back and re-listen to this word <laughs> go back to philippians 4 was it and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise was nine keep putting into practice is isn't it amazing he gives <laughs> he gives an ex- instruction saying fix your thought on what is true what is honorable what is right what is pure what is lovely what i mean think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise now you, you must ask the question but what is true what is honorable what is worthy of praise like it's a it's a fair question right i love verse nice keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me <laughs> everything you heard from me and saw me doing so apostle paul became a standard apostle paul became a standard then the god of peace will be with you ah he's giving these instructions think on those things think on these things what is true what is right what is beautiful what is worthy of appreciation and then the practice do 
things that you saw in me that you saw me do that you heard from me and if you do that then 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 i so <laughs> he's saying he's 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 introducing himself as a condition he is introducing himself as a condition everything you heard from me and saw me doing then god of peace shall be with you what ah uh, you guys are quiet eh see i w- you guys, i wouldn't have troubled any of you if i said imitate god right look at look at this keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me paul everything you heard from me and saw me doing paul not god paul then the god of peace <sighs> see you and i have a very very unfair i mean i i i i, I don't even want to know if, uh, how do i say this when you and I, when i talk to you i can always tell you you know what go do what the word of god says the philippian church didn't have the bible they didn't have the bible they didn't have the old testament like you and i do they didn't have the new testament like you and i do maybe some of their pharisees and scribes had access to the torah but they didn't have access to the bible like the way you do so apostle paul is saying i know you don't have the bible but i have sent you a letter but you know what but let me help you if you saw me do something if you saw me say something you can also do it you have the permission to imitate me paul had become a standard paul had become a father worthy of imitation and he says he was so confident in his lifestyle he was so confident in his example he was so confident in the way he had conducted and carried himself that if you imitate anything you have seen me say and do i guarantee you you imitating my standard will cause god to be with you ah you didn't hear what i said you didn't hear what i said he said if you imitate anything i have said or done that imitation will cause my god to be with you i remember uh, a very uh, powerful yet private conversation with my father and he said i will never forget it the privilege of having a father son is that you get a mindset say one of the benefits of having a spiritual father over your life having a mentor over your life you are not you are not reduced to operate in your own mindset you're not reduced to you're not abandoned to think on the level of your mindset the power of having a good father over your life is that you are elevated to think on his shoulders you're elevated to think on his mindset you're elevated to perceive are you guys learning something today oh okay whatever you have seen me whatever you seen me say and do you also practice then the god of peace will be with you so there is a way 
the god of peace is with you there certain words and certain ways that you can practice that will cause the god of peace to be with you okay now i want to do justice to the title of this video how to train your mind i'm going to give you two simple keys and and then i'll i'll release you to your evenings go to genesis chapter 15 i think genesis chapter 15 yeah 15 let's start at verse 2 genesis 15 verse 2 okay i will read for our benefit but abram said o lord god what will you give me for i continue childless and the heir of my house is eliezer of damascus verse 3 and abram said behold you have given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my successor will be my heir and behold the word of the lord came to him this man shall not be your heir your very own son shall be your heir was 5 and he brought him out i love this and he brought him outside and said look toward heaven by god so powerful look toward heaven number the stars if you are able to number them then he said to him so shall your offspring be and he believed the lord he believed the lord and he counted it to him as righteousness so abraham is so sad that he doesn't have a child abraham is so sad that he doesn't have an offspring a son he has already made plans to appoint uh, eliezer as his successor and as heir to inherit all his property and everything and he's in a conversation with god and he's talking to god about his plans and uh, and god is like no this man is not your heir but your own son one that comes out of your own loins out of your own bosom shall be your son and then god says i love the verse can we read that one more time oh what a beautiful verse ah and he brought him outside so he was in a tent right he was inside his tent he was inside his room and i love this word and he brought him outside he brought him outside so when you're inside a tent you look up what do you see you see the roof of your tent it obstructs your view it your thoughts do not raise above your tent he brought him outside the tent he brought him outside and said look toward heaven and number the stars ah this is what i would call prophetic imagination or prophetic meditation or prophetic i don't know call it whatever you guys want <laughs> 
God is bringing him out of his limitation. God is bringing him out of his limited tent. God is bringing him out of his tent of thinking. A certain thought pattern, a certain way of looking at life, a certain way of engineering life brings him out and gives him a picture gives him a vision gives him a sight gives him something to look at physically to look at it says look at the heavens look at the heavens and tells him if you can count the number of stars you will you, then you may be able to count the number of children you're going to have god brought him out of the tent you know if you've seen a tent it has a if it's a circular tent there's only there's a limitation of how much you can see one turn you have exhausted the whole circumference of the tent right like one and then he brings him out and says now look at the heavens and count the stars count the prophetic imagination prophetic meditation prophetically didn't lay hands on him didn't say shakara bara kodara basete Abraham didn't fall down, didn't get up, didn't roll on the floor, didn't shake. Eyes are opened. Says, "Look, look, and count the stars." What was God doing? God was retraining, renewing his mind, re-engineering his mind by giving him a new vision, a new sight. a new way of looking at now there's something i have noticed in church people fall every sunday and still go back to the same mindset <laughs> they fall under the power of god every sunday and get up and walk back into the old mindset it doesn't matter how many times you fall if your mindset doesn't change you are not going to change just look at the sun's look at the sun so how do you train your mind how do you train your mind god trains your mind by giving you for the i don't know how to say it i don't have the right words for this okay but i hope you're able to catch what i'm trying to say by giving him a prophetic perspective by giving him a prophetic sight by giving him a prophetic visual i i see this because it's important your perspective has to be divinely inspired your imagination has to be divinely inspired because this is a law that is very dangerous let me show you something go to genesis chapter i think it's uh, 13 genesis 13 go to genesis 13 <clears throat> go to verse 8 genesis 13 was a same principle same law in action okay then abraham said to lot Let there be no strife between you and me between your herdsmen and my herdsmen for we are kinsmen we are family 
is not the whole land before you separate yourself from me if you take the left hand then i will go to the right if you take the right hand then i will go to the left verse 10 now watch what happens verse 10 and lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the jordan valley was very well watered everywhere like the garden of the lord like the land of egypt in the direction of zoar this was before the lord destroyed sodom and gomorrah so lot chose for himself all the jordan valley and lot journeyed east same principle god brought abraham out of the tent and said look up now abraham and lot are going different ways and what is lot doing lot lifted up his eyes and saw and he journeyed he possessed what he saw one more time he possessed what he saw he journeyed into what he saw he traveled into what was in his eyes you become what you behold you journey into what your eyes are on whatever i'm talking about how to train your mind you travel toward you travel in the direction of your sight one more time <laughs> you travel in the direction of your sight when your next time you're driving okay next time you're driving you're holding your steering wheel uh try going in a straight line while looking behind don't try it's actually very dangerous <laughs> actually i should tell that please don't attempt this at home because it's dangerous uh but i'm sure you have noticed if you want to overtake another vehicle if you want to go ahead or if you want to change lanes for that half a second you look away you look into your rearview mirror or you look behind your hands automatically change the direction of your car already changes because your body is wired to follow your eyes ah let me can i say that to you one more time your body is wired to follow your eyes so even though you want your car to go in one direction because you're looking on the left or the right side your hands are like oh i think he wants to go this side so it's important okay it's important that you sanctify your gaze one more time it is important you sanctify your gaze you sanctify your sight it's important that you sanctify your vision it is important you sanctify your perspective god brought him out says look up to the heavens he was retraining his mind he was re-engineering his thought life now instead of looking in your property looking at who's around you instead of looking in your own camp where shall my son come from where shall my my hair come from where shall my successor come from i'm telling you god is like hear the word of the lord because one shall come out of you but to give you some practice to give you a prophetic idea of where you are going look at the heavens i remember this is one of the first things that happened to you 
when you're born again yeah i remember when i first got saved uh, i'm going to quickly go through this um i would be reading the word and i would get a tiny revelation i would get a really small revelation and i would pretend i would hold something and pretend that it's a microphone i'll walk into my kitchen of our little house when i was 16 years old and i would preach to the vessels in my kitchen i would think there there are 10000 people 20000 people 50000 i was in my little kitchen but i was preaching to the nations i would get a small revelation when i'm reading the bible and i would start preaching i didn't know what was happening but god was training my mind god was training my senses god was training my thoughts and he was creating in me divine pictures of my future god was hijacking my imagination to show me my future god was using my imagination to talk to me saying this is your future son so practice right now are you guys with me and it's not like you are it just comes naturally it just comes naturally your imaginations are so powerful so powerful some years ago um a couple came to me in a conference uh they were married for a long time and uh they didn't have children they said prophet can you please pray for us that we may conceive and uh instead of praying for them i looked at them and says i told them on your way back home i want you to stop at a nice um a baby sh- shop i want you to stop at the clothing store for children and i want you to buy two set of clothes for your newborn child i want you to buy it and i want you to keep it in a place that you can see every day i said and i know that my god will bless you and i think 12 months later they came back i don't remember the details now and they were blessed with a baby girl if i remember correctly i didn't have to pray for them I just have to give them a prophetic instruction. I had to fix their gaze. I had to fix the way they think instead of saying, "Oh God, give me a child, give me a child, give me a child." Looking at the picture became a reminder for them that my child is on the way. Prophetically. Okay. How do you train your mind? You fix your gaze, you sanctify your perspective, you sanctify your sight. There was a time when God would tell me I would have certain maps of certain cities so I would have certain locations as my wallpaper certain areas would be my wallpaper certain cities would be my and that was the way I would pray over that city I would pray over that city I would pray I was gazing over that land I was brooding over that land Ah yeah 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 I was covering over that land and I would pray because I know these were all the cities that God would help us plant churches in so I didn't have to announce it just looking at these locations and praying over them and praying over them and just gazing ah, I'm giving away too many keys right now <laughs> You know the the uh, Non-Christians do these things better. I'm telling you, non-Christians. Non-Christians do these things and they reap results. 
our Christians, they are lazy. If anything, they are, I am telling you, some of our Christians are like vigilantes. They are like uh, terrorists, you know. <laughs> they go crazy. You do one thing. Okay. You go to, you go to a musician, okay. You go to a singer. Go into their room. You will see all their favorite pictures of their favorite stars on the wall. They will see that, oh, they, you know, if he wants to be Michael Jackson, you'll see pictures of Michael Jackson. He, if he wants to be somebody else, he'll put the picture of the somebody else. It's so natural to create an environment of what your future looks like. They understand the law that if I want to become this, I must be surrounded. They understand the principle. What I see, what I feed on is eventually my future. So they take snapshots of their future and they put it in their environment. They put it in their hall. They put it on their phone because they understand it because you become what you behold. And yet, if a believer puts a picture of a pastor, if a believer puts a picture of a man of God, they'll say, ah, this is worship. This is worship. This is not worship, oh. I worship only the Lord Jesus Christ. This is honor. This is me telling me, this is what my future looks like. So people get upset. You know, when we bought our first home, <laughs> when I bought my first home, when my wife and I bought our first home, the first picture I put up was my prophets. was a picture of my father and my mother. It was my way. He didn't even, he hasn't even stepped into that house. He doesn't even know. He, <laughs> but in the realms of the spirit, I wanted to honor God. I wanted to honor my spiritual parents. But I also wanted to declare to the environment. Some of you are like saying, Ah, where is this in the Bible? Where is this? I can give you so many scriptures of this principle. Am I giving away too many secrets now? <laughs> Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Go to Genesis 1. Let me show you something. Genesis 1, verse 3. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Now listen, this is... This is God. This is God doing this. God said, let there be light. Where did the light come from? The light came from Him. Who spoke the light? He spoke the light. Now watch. And God saw that the light was good. He's like, oh wait. He spoke the light. He created the light. And He's now watching the light. He's gazing at the light. He's looking at the light says, okay, it's good. It's good. He looked and said, it's good. He didn't say, let there be light and turned away and walked away. He spoke it. He created it. He made it. And then he gazed at it. Can you, can you handle a little more, please? Can you handle a little more? Go with me to the book of Genesis. Uh, I was not planning on going there, but let me show it to you anyways. Genesis 30, please. Genesis 30. Genesis 3.0. Uh, we'll close with this. 
Genesis 30. Go to verse um, 25. Genesis 25. Genesis 30 verse 25. Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children for I have earned them by serving you and let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I have worked for you. Verse 27. Listen to this. This is so powerful. This is a heathen man, not a believer, not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, not a Jew. This is a heathen man and Laban was a priest. Jacob replied, "You um, no, Laban replied. Listen, listen this. This is so powerful." 27 Please listen to me Laban replied I have become wealthy I have become wealthy for the Lord has blessed me because of you This is a heathen man saying the your God the Lord God has blessed me because of you ah, you can be blessed not because of your own doing not because of your own relationship with god you can be blessed on the account of another intelligence or oh, intelligence spiritual intelligence tell me how much i owe you whatever it is i will pay it was 29 You know how hard I have worked for you how your flocks and herds have grown under my care you had little indeed before I came but your wealth has increased enormously the lord has blessed you through everything i have done but now what about me when can i start providing for my own family what wages do you want laban asked ah ay 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 this is a problemo This is a problem. This I I this might change the whole theme of my service right now. Two verses ago, he said the Lord has blessed me because of you. I acknowledge I am prosperous because of you. Because God is with you, God has favored you. I am blessed because of you. And this is why many children of God are working as slaves in the world. They are working they are the ones that are anointed you have such a small identity about yourself that your whole company is surviving because of you anyways it's okay laban 2 minutes ago said i am blessed because of you i have prospered because of you jacob also knows it now if if it was me if i was laban how would i said so here's an offering take 10% of my wealth take 20% of my wealth i would have given the biggest offering if i knew this man was my the source of my blessing the reason for my blessing and look at the system of the world instead of honoring this man look what is he saying what wages do you want what salary do you want how can i pay you see Laban understood I can buy your blessing but what can I pay you to make you stay What wages do you want Laban asked Jacob replied don't give me anything just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks verse 32 
Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted along with all the black sheep. Give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you will see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied, it will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled and spotted and or had white patches and all the black. He placed them in the care of his own sons who took them a three days journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Now watch this. Watch this. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almonds and plane trees and peeled off the strips of the bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering turfs where the flocks came to drink for that for that what was there what was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave to young that were streaked speckled and spotted he was ah, now science is going to tell you a different things and different things but there was a spiritual law can i tell you something science cannot explain all the spiritual laws because science has not caught up to the intelligence of spirituality because science has a linear way of thinking. Science has a linear way of processing. Everything, collect data, test the data, and collect and test, and collect and test, and then theorize, okay? Science, it's beautiful, it's powerful, we need science. But science is not as, as, as advanced as spiritual loss, okay? So, Jacob was re-engineering DNA, re-engineering how the animals were reproducing by what they were seeing, by what they were beholding, by changing their diet and by changing what they were seeing. But more importantly, listen to this. I want to show you something else. I want to show you something else because some people think it's just a formula and we can abuse a formula, okay? But wait, but wait. But when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked and speckled and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock and at mating time he, he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering turfs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male. Um, goats, female and male servants and many camels and donkeys. Okay, now... If you read the following chapter, Laban comes and confronts him and then he introduces something. He says, but the Lord has blessed me. 
I don't have time to go there. If you read chapter 31, you see the Lord has blessed me. So he changed the diet of the sheep. He changed the vision of the sheep. But most importantly, the blessing of the Lord was hovering over them. And because there was blessing and because certain laws were triggered, he could change the outcome. He could change what kind of sheep and goats were being born. And you tell me, vision doesn't matter. Maybe one day, another day we will, we will deep dive into this. But you train your mind by changing what you feed your eyes. One more time. You change your mind. You train your mind by changing what you feed your eyes. You know, some of you who, who have been anointed to to see visions. God is not even trying to give you pictures of, He's not trying to give you any deep revelation. He's just training your mind, just training your sight. Some of your dreams are not to show you uh, what the future is. It's not to give you insight, but it's just to retrain your mind, retrain your mind, retrain your mind. Second, so first is changing your sight changing your imagination. Second, changing the words that come out of your mind, uh, out of your mouth. Okay. Another time God came to Abraham and said, from today, your name is not Abraham. Your name is Abraham. You're no longer Abraham, A-B-R-A-M. You are Abraham. No children. But his name is what? Father of many nations first changed his sight. Second, God is forcing him to change his words. Ah, but, but, but God, I don't have children. I know, I know. But from today, your name is Abraham. The milk guy is coming to deliver milk. Abraham, your milk is here. Uh, sorry, there is a change in the name. That from today, you're not delivering milk to Abraham's house. You're delivering milk to Abraham's house, the father of many nations. The, the, the board outside your house has changed. No longer Abram, but Abraham, father of many nations. Ah, no children. But the confession of his mouth has changed. Your brain is condemning you. Your man, like you're a liar, bro. You're a hypocrite. This is some uh, fake it till you make it nonsense. Your brain is telling you all kinds of information because it has 65 years of experience calling you Abraham, 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 Abraham. So suddenly you're saying, no, my brain, no, my mind. I am Abraham today because a higher voice has told me I am not Abraham. I am Abraham, Abraham. So your mind is accusing you of being fake. Your mind is accusing you of being a hypocrite. Your mind is accusing you of being a fraud. You have no children to show. You have not even a single child. And yet you're calling yourself the father of many nations. Lies, 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 lies. And yet what is coming out of your mouth? Hi, my name is Abraham. My name is Abraham. Not because you're trying to fake it till you make it. Because you have faith in a superior voice because you have heard a higher voice because you have heard a higher authority this is not fake it till you make it this is faith in the voice of the living god 
Abraham on whose authority on my God's authority I am Abraham because God said I am Abraham because God spoke to me this morning and said from today you are no longer Abram I know my wife Sarai married me she married Abram for 60 years she called me Abram but baby from today my wife my love from today you shall call me Abraham ah come on child of god i hope i'm helping someone today change your confession can i tell you something if your imagination is not redeemed if your thought life is not redeemed if your feelings are not redeemed please don't speak your thoughts don't speak your mind don't speak your emotions don't speak your feelings speak the truth can i say that to you one more time i know this might sound very harsh if your thoughts are not redeemed if your emotions are not redeemed if your imagination is not sanctified stop talking what you think and stop talking what you feel stop talking about your imaginations instead speak what you want in your future speak what you want in your future speak what god has spoken to you not what you feel not what you think speak what god has spoken to you you will be amazed how many people don't follow this simple principle <laughs> speak what god has spoken speak what you want to see in your future remember i was probably 18 years old i was just anointed with the prophetic gifts and my first prophecies were all because i was not trained i was very raw i was very raw so my first one of my first prophecy was this friend this friend came to actually not a friend was a friend of a friend um i was an acquaintance and asked me to pray for her exams i was 7 16 or maybe 17 and when i prayed i saw her fail in maths so i said oh don't worry god has a plan for your life but i see maths you're not going to pass this time you have to rewrite your math exam but don't worry god has a plan for i was so i was not trained i was raw she began to cry and and she went and told my friend's mother a friend's mother calls to me and says prophecy is supposed to comfort prophecy is supposed to bring exhortation prophecy is going to make you feel good you are not this is not prophecy you are a false prophet how can you prophesy that she is going to fail in math 45 days later the results came she failed maths and then the same auntie is coming and telling me can you also pray and tell me what god is showing you about this thing <laughs> right now but i felt so sad that this auntie was accusing me of being a false prophet was accusing me of being uh, you know not hearing from god i went to the lord and i began to cry god it's okay let me be a false prophet let her pass lord it's okay if my prophecy is wrong but please make sure that this girl i was just confessing saying god make her pass make her pass make her pass and you know what god said shut up and watch shut up and watch you see because i didn't have spiritual intelligence now 
I was using my anointed tongue. I was using my anointed mouth to communicate what this auntie with lesser spiritual intelligence was calling me. Are you guys with me? So now instead of speaking what God has spoken to me, I was voicing the voice of this lady. And God had to say shut up and watch. So sometimes you give a prophetic word, you give your prophetic word and you operate in the class of God and you watch what you have spoken. And then after a time you say it's good. Relax. Okay? So you watch what you speak. Are you guys ready? So every word you speak is prophetic. Now, mm, I may say something that's going to offend some of you, but I'll say it. Some of us don't have the privilege. I am being very nice when I tell you this. Ah, <laughs> huh? some of us don't have the privilege of speaking everything we feel. Because if we do, it's going to create waves. Yeah, let me let me share with you one more time what I just said. Some of us because of the rank Okay, let me not say some of us. Some people don't have the privilege of speaking or feeling everything because what they feel and what they speak will have such tremendous consequence and have such tremendous ripple effect. That's why the higher you grow in your spiritual stature, the lesser that person speaks. That's why you don't hear God. like you hear your friend and 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 what most people see there is a big distinction between you being a prophetic being and god speaking listen to me carefully half the time you think god is speaking no it's just your prophetic sense picking up information it's just your prophetic vehicle in you your spirit is a prophetic spirit It, it 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 can pick up information every time every day you wake up it's picking up information you sleep it's picking up all of that information is not god speaking to you i'm telling you i'm telling you when the lord speaks you know as there is a glory and a majesty attached so first sanctify your gaze sanctify your sight second watch what you speak don't speak anything that you don't want in your future okay finally you train your mind with prophetic obedience you train your mind by prophetic obedience now this is a this is a simple truth but it's very powerful it can change your life if your obedience if your obedience has to make sense to you then your growth with god is going to be very slow one more time if your obedience to god has to make sense is to be reasonable at all times has to be logical at all times then your growth is going to be very slow because your spirit when you get born again your spirit is instantly plugged into god 
your spirit does not require renewal your spirit man does not require renewal like the way your mind is renewed you have become a new creation in your spirit i hope this helps somebody your spirit is instantly born again and connected to the spirit of god your spirit has no limits your spirit has no limitation your spirit is growing at such an aggressive pace but your mind is the barrier your mind requires constant renewal constant renewal constant re- so your spirit is always in conflict with your flesh with your mind with the unrenewed mind okay so so many times when the lord inspires you to do something your mind is your biggest obstacle so if your obedience has to be signed off by your mind if your obedience has to be signed off by your logic if your obedience has to be signed off by your reason ah you're going to be waiting a long time I I don't know if this is making sense okay let me let me let me break this down let me break this down the disciples came to Jesus and said lord please send the people away send the people away they have been with us for a long time it's 5 o'clock in the evening the it's coming to, the day is coming to an end send them away we are in the wilderness there is no malabar restaurant here there is no kfc here there is no mcdonalds here send them away so they can eat and then the lord and and jesus looks at them and says you feed them and the disciples are thinking what's wrong with this man don't you see where we are and even if we had to feed we don't have that kind of money to feed 5000 people where will we go to feed 5000 people where will we go to feed 5000 people and where shall we bring meat for 5000 people what these are all perfectly logical answers you cannot blame the disciples for giving jesus these answers because they were all factually true were they in the wilderness yes were there 5000 people yes did they not have that much food yes did they not have that kind of money yes all true but jesus was not talking to them or operating to them in their logic or in their mind jesus did not have the limitations on what he can produce and what he can do that the disciples perceived but this is how he's training them he's like you feed them and they are giving all the reasons of why they can't feed the 5000 people and then jesus says what do you have do you know these 12 fellows didn't even have food for themselves they didn't have food for themselves they were very very aware of their lack so when jesus says what do you have they went around the camp they're like who's got go go see who's got food and there was a little boy with five loaves and two fishes and they bring the five loaves and two fishes and look what Jesus does ah, this is so powerful says order them to sit down in groups of 50 organize this 5000 people into groups of people make them sit in rows and columns so you can walk through them you can go back and forth and make them sit down everybody's like where's the food though 
where's the bread where's the restaurant where is the food going to come from we have five loaves and two fishes how will we just obey peter just obey prophetic obedience so he is now he is now carrying out instructions he is instructing people to sit he is making people sit in groups of 50 in rows and columns and he doesn't know where the food is going to come from but everybody is like oh my god what a powerful ministry this is they're going to feed 5000 people but where's the truck i don't see the food truck who's making the food okay those of you who make uh, who who been at indian weddings you know that when you want to cook for even a thousand people you know there is a giant kitchen somewhere on the field there's going to be big stove somewhere some there's going to be like five guys bringing in 100 kilos of rice they're looking but i don't see the kitchen here i don't see those big vessels here i don't see the log i don't see the fire but they are making us sit in groups of 50s prophetic obedience it doesn't make sense to the mind because in the carnal mind in your natural mind you know that food can come in only certain ways you know that you need this size of a vessel to cook for these many people can you imagine the number of fishes you need to have to feed 5000 people it's a full market there they don't see the market also okay 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 have you gone to a fish market have you gone to a fish market okay you know there's a smell of fish when you have like 500 fishes 600 fishes 700 the smell there's a smell that fish comes with he's making them sit but there is no smell of fish there is no smoke there is no vessel there is no fire but sit 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 in rows of 50s sit in rows of columns please organize yourself like there's a miracle about to happen prophetic obedience <laughs> i am 100% sure the disciples were making jokes i said i think jesus has really lost it on this one i don't know what we are doing we look stupid we look foolish now Peter's wife is uh, in the crowd and Peter's telling sit down please and she looks at him Peter said Peter what are you doing now I wish I could tell you what I was doing I really don't know myself ah, apostle Peter giving instructions and yet he doesn't know what he's doing my god I feel something breaking off can you shock your system by obeying god when it doesn't make sense can you shock your mind by prophetic obedience can you shock your system and go let it's okay let it go crazy for like 2 minutes it's okay let it go mad for 20 seconds it's okay it's okay it's okay but you're not functioning you're not limited to your mind you're not creatures of your mind alone you are not creatures of your thought alone you are a creature of the spirit you are a spirit being you can think at a level where your mind has not gone to you can operate at a level where your mind has not gone to you can operate at a level where your logic and your reason has not grown to don't be limited to reason and logic go deeper and find what the spirit is saying i love jesus
I love Jesus because the spirit can take you into success the spirit can take you into results the spirit can take you into outcomes where your mind has not even conceived them your mind has not even imagined them there are locations that your spirit can take you into there is obedience levels of obedience that your spirit can carry you into that your mind has not even conceived it and the wedding Jesus tells the servants go fill the pitchers with water go fill the vessels with water and then tells the servant draw from the pitcher and take it to the master of the ceremony master of the the, the master guest the chief honored guest of the wedding the guy is carrying the water he's carrying a pitcher he's carrying a jug he knows where this water came from he knows it he filled it with water he knows that this jug has water and yet god jesus is telling him take this to the man and offer it and say this is the best wine we've saved the best wine for the end but the guy carrying it knows this is water sometimes to obey god it will make you look foolish obedience to god doesn't always make sense can i say that to you one more obedience to god doesn't always make sense can you shock your system with prophetic obedience don't be a creature limited to your mind i remember some time ago the lord spoke to me and said i want you to empty your bank account i want you to so i want you to sow all the money you have and he told me which bank account because that bank account had the most number on the most amount of money saved i was like no 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 how can i sow this this is not possible i want to be financially independent i don't want to you know i i had built my finances in such a way that i never had to pray about finances <laughs> you know so even when we uh, moved to canada uh we bought a house in india so i made sure that all the emis for the house were taken care of so i never have to sit in canada think about my payments in india you know so so god's like i want you to sow that entire bank account i want you to raise an altar for the entire bank account i was like for one week i think yeah i think about a week i'm like no this can't be I'm like God I have credit cards to pay I have EMIs to pay like a house loan to pay I was like giving him all the logical reasons of why I should not so why this is a foolish decision cuz I don't like praying for money I don't like talking to God about money it's the honest truth <laughs> yeah uh but I still do when I have to so I had built my life in such a way that talking to god about money is not a priority but when god spoke to me and says says i want you to sow this entire thing my whole mind was fighting it i'm like god this doesn't make sense i was um, it was pretty significant at that time then i thought after wrestling with it for a few days i went to my wife i said surely my wife this can't be god you know this can't be god so <laughs> I'll go to my wife let me talk to my wife and say maybe she will say this is nonsense this is stupid uh, don't do it <laughs> I go to my wife and say you know said love 
the Lord has been speaking this to me. I feel this in my heart. I was hoping that she would throw it down. She looks at me and says, "I think this is God. We need to sow this. We need to sow this whole thing into a man of God." I was like, "Oh God." Then the next day I said, "You know, I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet of the Lord. I can't be a creature of the mind. It this doesn't make any sense, but it's okay." And I emptied that entire bank account. Entire bank account. One week goes by and and I think there was like a few hundred dollars there or maybe $500, I don't remember. Uh, and God's like, do it again. I'm like, okay. It was a smaller amount. You know, when you think of the smaller amount and you think about the larger amount, you're sort of like, okay, fine. I did that. What is this? Did it again. Now, listen to me carefully. What was Kai Amarasa? This is what God is trying to teach us. What was so hard at one point? What was a prophetic obedience at one point? Is now a normal way of thinking. Recently, some uh, some, some weeks ago God was like, "I want you to sow what is remaining in your bank account." So I emptied my bank account again. What was prophetic obedience? is now every day as it's not unusual for us to think like this ah you are you catching on what i'm saying it was prophetic obedience at one point but now it's my normal level of thinking and operating now i don't don't tell my wife <laughs> don't try that in your marriage <laughs> ah you guys are quiet but just so you know just so you know the first time i emptied my bank account i think it was 10 days or 15 days i don't remember whatever amount i sowed when i emptied my bank account okay the money that came to me within a month was 100 times more if i remember correctly or 10 times i don't remember because the tithe of the blessing i received was greater than the entire bank account i sold now god was trying to teach me saying son if you can't trust me to sow this how can i trust you to bring this into you imagine this my tithe the next month was greater than my entire bank balance ah you guys are very quiet i don't teach you guys anything I have not practiced. Prophetic obedience will shock your mind. So how do you train your mind with prophetic obedience? Yeah. <sighs> I hope you've learned something today. I hope you have enjoyed this series. I can tell you the Lord has been very kind, very generous to us. But in all humility I feel we've only scratched the surface in the last 3 weeks that I've been teaching you about thoughts and minds. We've only scratched the surface. And when the Lord allows, we will revisit this topic again. I hope you are blessed today. Take care. I'll see you on Saturday. God bless you. 
Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please consider sharing it. And for more information, log on to harirao.com.